Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Willkommen. Willkommen to the un- Endless Honeymoon Pod. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Hey, Natasha. It's uh, great to see you. It's been a while, hey? Yeah, I've only been spending multiple pandemics and lifetimes with you. It feels like multiple pandemics? It felt like three. Natasha, I've noticed that you are having a difficult time um, letting go of the pan. You keep talking about it, you bring it up at dinner parties, and I'm like, uh, Biden said it's over, it's over. And Biden died last week. Did you hear that? Biden's actually a uh, animatronic robot now. Have you heard this? No, I haven't. Yeah, apparently Biden is no longer Biden. It's a guy that they created in the Wuhan lab, which you'd like because it's connected to the pandemic. But anyway, he's like um, some kind of a morph figure. That's neither here nor there. Natasha, are you happy? Oh, yeah. How's your spirit? We're good. You know... um, you know how they say kids say the darndest things? Mm-hmm. I was talking to our child the other day, and she told me she wanted to have five kids. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's a lot, kind of environmentally irresponsible. And then she said, I want to have a two-headed child. Well, <laughs> she goes, I hope I get a two-headed one. I hope I get a two-headed one. But that's because we I was with my friend, Sabrina Jaliz, and we were explaining to her that sometimes that Ooh, happens. Name drop real early in the episode. I just wanted to make sure I was giving her credit for... Ex- S- Telling her what uh, Siamese twins were. Well, anyway, I think they're called conjoined twins at conjoined this point. Twins. Unless you're like an old school Ringling Brothers racist. I like that about you, Natasha. You've always held true to that. <laughs> but I said to uh, our child, I said, I says, uh, you want a two-headed child? And she says, yeah, sometimes they come out with two heads. And I says, um, I says, why? And she says, I think it'll be really fun. And I said, well, I think that uh, conjoined twins have a lot of challenges in the world. And and um, and she said, oh, like, do people make fun of them? I said, I think they might. I think it might be difficult to be uh, a, con- a two-headed child. And she said, people make fun of them? I said, maybe so. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And she said, except on Halloween. That Then they just think she's wearing a costume. And I thought, yeah, I guess that's a that's a pretty salient point about the conjoined twin community. <laughs> now, don't come after us, conjoined twin community. I'm just reporting what the old daughter said. She's a big thinker. She's got big ideas. It's like she's processing. She's like trying to come up with issues and then like processing them. Yeah. What did she say to you the other day? Oh, we were listening to the radio or I don't know. Something was on and she goes, Mom, I just thought of something so sad. I said, what? And she was like, what if you're married, but then you find someone else you would rather be married to? Mm, I hear her, sister. You and know I was what I mean? like, oh, yeah, that, that would be bad. And she goes, wait, wait, I have an idea. You could still have one of the persons be your boyfriend and then still have the privilege of having a husband. So she's Polly. <laughs> that is your nightmare, actually. Well, because I, cause I told her, I said, no, you know, you usually just try to have one one i know and then i was like well i guess i shouldn't tell her that but what did you also tell her not to listen to (laughs) rap music with strong lyrics old tipper gore over here i mean i was just trying to explain to her how i heteronormative monogamy normative cis scum that sounds like (laughs) cis scum talk to me i'm being honest that sounds like cis scum talk (laughs) dude why are you bringing cis scum into my child's head or either one of her heads. So what do I tell her? Okay, yeah, you can have yeah. a husband and a boyfriend yeah, and dude. a girlfriend yeah, and you, a wife. Yeah, totally. You just tell her. You say, we live in that reality now. Anybody can do anything. And then you take her to a, a drag queen story hour and you call it a day. All right. Well, I'll work on it. No, I'm joking. I mean, you tell her whatever you want. It's hard I was to watching the out. Prince of Egypt with her ass the other day on Passover. And she looked at me in the middle of Prince of Egypt. She goes, is this stuff true? And I'm like, damn, like as a Jew, I'm no I know I'm supposed to be like, yeah, this animated biopic of Moses by Steven Spielberg's Dreamworks is true. 
But I said to her, in a, I think a moment of parental genius, I said, you know, the point of these stories is that they contain truth and it's up to you to decide how much of it you think is real and what isn't. And she said, and I quote, I think the historiographic reality of the Hebrews as a slave population in the Egyptian area could be true, but it was probably extrapolated through generations of storytelling because you would see evidence of an enslaved people and especially of the the drowning of the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. But the rest, I think, is probably... um, mythological uh, ex- um, extrapolation and imagination on the part of the is- uh, the Hebrew people trying to make themselves seem more pa- pa- powerful ipso post facto. And then she said, I still miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg's strong hand in the Supreme Court. And she said, I'm in the uh, Kamala 2024. That's a direct quote. All right. Well, you know, speaking of... Uh, Kamala? We got her on the line. Uh, why don't we uh, take a call, Moose? Would you be fucking freaked out if our first caller was Kamala from Washington, D.C., and it was the vice president of the United States? So Kamala's daughter is, people are saying she's like hip and cute and and like has style. She's like a model or something? I'm not sure. She's like, a, I think she's like a model. I don't think we've had sort. any like really like stylish dressers in the White yeah, House. Yeah, we have. Weren't Sasha Malia, aren't they cool that one of them wrote on like Atlanta or something like that? You know who was a good dresser? Who? Jenna Bush? No, I can't say it. Who? Oh, Melania? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I don't even care. Isn't that what she had on the back of her <laughs> costume or whatever? She dressed like a countess. I'll I just like that. when women can like are tall. Like I like Heidi Klum, like whatever. Whatever she puts on, like those women just need to put on capes and they just look cool. I remember when um the talk about slut shaming Melania was big talk, you know, mm. because I, you know, I remember I posted some picture of Melania in like um, twelve-inch stilettos and her fully nude breasts and were showing, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm looking at the breasts of the first lady, and then all these people were in the comments like, we don't need to slut shame her. I'm like, I, you, it doesn't have to be slut shaming in order to realize we have gotten to a surreal point when we are ape of of media and internet connectivity when you are looking at the nude uh <laughs> titty of the first lady the titty of the first lady that's a first in history but you know what else is i didn't crazy? see barbara bush's fucking box you know that would have been nice old gray old gray fox you know she got a gray mink between her legs i would have loved to have seen that you think i wouldn't you know what's crazy is can you imagine barbara bush spread eagle <laughs> in the oval office with hustler taking photos <laughs> Larry Flint's got a cigar in his mouth, chewing on it. Yeah, Barbara, spread them. I mean, I don't, I don't think Barbara ever was trying to be some kind of minx. I mean, man, that would be cool, though, wouldn't it? But you know what's crazy is when I would make fun of Melania, everyone was like, don't slut shame her. Mm-hmm. But then when I said she could dress, everyone said, oh, don't ever don't say compliment that. compliment her. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a, maintain a neutral gaze upon Melania. Yeah. Well, so people say, what? what do you think of Melania? Well, I... I you're supposed to say, this is what you're supposed to say. Ask me what I think of Melania. What do you think of Melania? I think it's awesome that she posts nude, but everything else about her I find racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to do a call. First up on the docket here at the Endless Honeymoon Podcast is Carly from Wisconsin. Hey, Tosh. Yamosh. Yeah, you know, it's about to be a wedding season. Ooh, I think maybe I should get married again. And I, well, I would really don't appreciate even the suggestion, but I have had, I would say, a thousand DMs of listeners to this podcast asking me if we can recommend a good shapewear company. Ooh, what about Honey Love? Uh, that's the one I told them. Because, honey, I love you. <laughs> and, honey, mooners, we love Honey Love. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is my go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. They got body suits with that 360 degree bonded compression that smooths out your tummy and your hips. 
with built-in titty support. It lifts without underwire. They call it bust support, but you know, I'm reshaping it a bit, just like Honey Love is reshaping you. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market. Shapewear that's comfortable. Save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code HONEYMOON. Use code HONEYMOON at honeylove.com. She's going to have an accent for for sure. You think so? Moshe's friend was, was texting him. F O S H O, oh and I kept. I was like, "What I was is driving. faux show?" I was driving, and I had. Nat- I said, "Natasha, can you read my text?" And she writes back, uh, "He said faux show." I said, "You mean for show?" I think it means for show. All right, uh, well. Natasha, you are so out of touch. It is cringe. <laughs> it's cringe. <laughs> it's like hard to talk to you sometimes because I'm like, "Who is this boomer?" And I live with you. You know, I got some new slang, by the way. You know, Have I told you, you guys about this yet? Cat Riz. Chance. Riz. Do you know about that? What's Riz? Hey, Carly. What up? What's up? Hey, do you know about Riz? No. You don't know what Riz is? It's when you got like, um, you know, flirt game. You know, like when you're like flirting and, and, and you're good at it, you got Riz. And it's short for charisma. But it's, it's all the rage of the young people these days, Carly. So I would add it to your slang repertoire. If you ever say that Thank in a sentence, did. Moshe, I will divorce you. Well, I won't ever say it in a she sentence. She got Riz. I won't ever say it in a sentence because if, I'm, if I have an experience that contains Riz, it's probably not appropriate to share with my wife. You know, I was at the club last weekend and this girl, Carly, I was at the club in Madison last weekend. This girl, Carly, came up to me. She's spitting all this game. She's got all this riz. I couldn't resist her, you know? You couldn't riz- resist her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are on the same wavelength over here. Carly, how's Wisconsin? You guys won the Supreme Court. Congratulations. Or maybe you didn't. Thank maybe you. Maybe you're on Thank the other you. team. We don't know who you were voting for. Yes, you do. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I mean, you can probably guess if I am listening to this podcast. but or And, yeah. you, and you have a map of the world behind you, and I know that conservatives don't like the world. They think that it's, glo- yeah. it's globalist to uh, look at different areas of the world. So, America first. Yes, thank you. Actually, it's a map of Asia. From Even worse. Like, like 10 or something, but... Even worse. We don't want Asia at all. Hey, um, you know who's got a lot of riz, though? Mm. The United States of America. Mm. That's right. What a country. What a country. Carly, how can we help? Okay, so I'm having this really weird issue, and I don't know if I have a leg to stand on. It's not a like romantic issue. It's more of a work issue. Um, so I am an elementary art teacher in a really tiny town. I have a little like notepad that I need to look at just in case. Um, but he's driving me nuts and, um, he uses school for his own self-promotion and it really bothers me. Um, and recently he kind of It was the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Like, he's also an artist in his own, like, realm. And um, I don't know. Like, he uses the the school to just, like, promote himself in a weird way. And I, I don't feel like it's right. He's your coworker? Yeah, he teaches third grade. Now, let me ask you, how much... Um juice can you get uh on a self-promotional arm at a small town third grade classroom (laughs) that's that's just it i'm just like what are you doing like why are you using this what is he trying to promote promote yourself like i feel like i'm going crazy he's like like, hey tyler hey connor Hey, Isabella, if you guys like some of these crazy prints that I made, check out my Insta. Wait, he's the art. He's a third grade art teacher. No, I'm the only art teacher. Mm. He teaches third grade. Is he promoting? What is he promoting? His art? Yes. Can you give us some examples? Um, sure. He, (laughs) he paints and he also does, um, some, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he does art where you screw 
nails in to uh, pieces of wood at different depths to like create a picture, which sounds interesting, except it doesn't look good. Like that's the rub. Like his art looks terrible. Well, wait, hold on. I, like, I'm curious if you can give some examples of how he's self-promoting in the third grade classroom. What is he? What is he doing? And then also, I'd like you to tell me his Instagram. We'll cut it out. We won't let it. We won't allow this to be a platform for him either. But we'd like to look to see. It. I would never you give on. that away. All I don't right. even know if he has. All right, fine. Okay, but, what does he do to promote himself? Okay, so he will throw like school events and give away, like he'll raffle off like a piece of his art and make like a big deal. <laughs> or like he will, if, if, if he gets any sort of, if he, when he completes a piece of art, he'll put it in the hallway and send out like a mass email to all the teachers like, Hey, just so you know, I have this big piece of art out there. So you better check it out because it's a limited time. His whole classroom is covered this is in to, his this is the, like, terrible small, art. Small Wisconsin town how, by a lake. Hold on. How? Okay, it is by a lake. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. I, I have like fresh water. I'm not I, saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's cool. I'm just saying like. These are small. We're in small potato country. I have a very important question. Okay. How does he affect you? Right. What What is What is your question? And what is what Natasha said? He gets a lot of like attention for his own artwork, and you're jealous. I'm so much. I. Uh, that's just it. Do I sound like a petty bitch? Because like I'm way better than him. <laughs> I am like <laughs> I might just be a petty bitch like that's I, should I just shut up but like the the school is like promoting him recently what he did was he threw his own art basically art party in front of the whole district or like the whole school where everybody had to come watch him paint a school art project and it was only 12 kids that participated out of over 400 and they all had to watch him like do this project listen the, looked, the i'm guy, sorry i the oh, the, the guy's a dork it's clear That's just, yes he's a, a super dork he's a dork you're better than him it's not his fault that they let him do the thing, you know, like I think you have to take that to somebody else because if they asked him to do it, they asked him to do it. And yeah, he's pretending like he's like hot shit, even though he's really not. So, you know, you might have to take that up with someone else or might have to swallow some of it or might have to find another outlet for your art. But like, you can't really that, change. That him. was, that was part of my question. Like, do I talk? I, I no. have other outlets. I have other accolades he gets no I don't know. you don't talk to anyone this is your problem you okay this is you this i i feel strongly about this this never has there been such a okay. clear answer this is your problem uh okay, you are better than him in every way except one he is much better than you at using the wiscotia elementary as, or whatever it's called <laughs> as a, a promotional arm for his cringe ass artwork and it's working for him. And he is a small man in a small town getting juicing as much juice as he possibly can of the accolades that he could possibly get from this school. And you are fucking annoyed by it. Of course you are. This guy's obviously super cringy and annoying. But that's not his problem. And it's not an administrative problem. It doesn't sound like unless we're not getting more. There might be more information I'm not getting. It sounds like. I hate to say it, a personal problem. You are with a man who drives you insane. And that just happens sometimes, you know? You're talking to two stand-up comedians. Do you think we're going to have empathy for you, for someone completely untalented using the promotional arm of the <laughs> world that they live in to get unbelievable accolades and endless opportunity? That is the universe that we embody. So, I mean, my feeling, not to be harsh, because I know that feeling of being with someone every day where, like, every 
fucking second you're around them. Your skin is crawling more than it was the last second. You didn't think it was possible for you. I used to be in a classroom with someone and I would imagine myself doing like a Ryu. Was it Ryu or Chun Chun Li from Street Fighter? You remember she would do the spinning star kick? I used to like stare at this person as they talked and envision my body flying across. The, it was an ASL class and this person was so fucking annoying. And I would picture my body like doing a flying kick across the classroom and then, and then what would happen? I mean, th- I know that feeling, but like this is not his problem. Even though he is annoying, obviously th- this guy's cringe and annoying. All he's doing is using a stupid fucking elementary school to get a little bit of accolades for his bad art. I mean, there's a world in which you say, oh, that's oh, poor guy. That's all he'll ever have is the is the uh, elementary school um, uh, lunch teacher. You know, the teachers in the lunchroom going like, I just I loved your art. Wait, I'm not doing a very good Wisconsin accent, but whatever a Wisconsin accent is, you know, I oh, you're he's so oh, he's just so special. His art. You know, and you got your other stuff going on, but I think this is a personal. You got to find a way. And and if you feel, uh, if if you feel really deeply about the one thing that he kind of got to take over, where you helped all the kids and had them all participate, I think you need to go to the person, the principal, or whoever's the highest up, and explain to them like I, I really, you know, I that was a really important part of my career here, and I really looked forward to it, and I did it this way, and it's really important to me. Just want to put, you know, nothing against him, but that's just, you know, I just wanted to let you know. So that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, do I say anything? Because as soon as this guy did this thing, other teachers approached me and were like, how do you feel about this? Because it was really kind of out of the blue where it was like, he kind of was definitely toe stepping a little bit. And I just like, I'm already like on the cusp of burnout as it is. So maybe that's also a thing. So it's just like, I can't, I don't know. I can't stand this guy. He's weird and creepy. And like you use the word cringy, which I also have written on my notepad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So like you could, I don't know. Well, it's, what, wait, really you saying, you saying the thing where he's, where he is. Cause my take on this is, Natasha, I wonder if you agree. My take on this is you should act as if this person doesn't rub you the wrong way because that is not interesting. It's interesting information for you, but it's not interesting information for how to make decisions. So you should not factor in this guy fucking sucks in your decision making because then you get into like revenge fantasy. I want to take right, this guy down. Right, right. So you say, okay, what if this guy wasn't like the most annoying human being on earth? What if he wasn't a terrible artist, but he was still participating in these specific actions? Then you get to go, oh, despite the fact that I find him so fucking obnoxious. I actually think that what he was doing was professionally that was professionally stepping on my toes. If this person was cool and doing these same same things, here's how I would act. And then that's how you act, I think, right? So if he's actually stepping on your professional space, of course it's appropriate to say I would always say say something to the administration not like that dude just did this thing and that sucks and I want to do this thing cuz it'll yeah. you'll just look jealous. You know. I know that's just it. I don't want to be too emotional. I don't want to look like a jealous bitch. Because I don't have anything to be jealous about. Here, can can I teach uh, you something? Whenever you talk to these people, don't ever say, don't ever say, I just want to make sure I don't sound like I'm a jealous bitch. (laughs) Just take jealous bitch. (laughs) To my principal? Okay. Well, I I don't know. know why, though? She might, though. Not only is it unprofessional, but to Natasha's credit, anytime you're saying that, the person listening goes, oh, Oh, you're a jealous bitch? Oh, I didn't even... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess you're a jealous yeah. bitch. I didn't even realize. It's true. I get it. I mean... I, I get it. So the the ver- the vibe for me would be if he's actually... Inc- that's difficult when you're in the midst of a like a, 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 bre- a breath, a suffocating resentment, which is what you're in the middle of. It's like a I can't breathe type of re- uh, resentment. A resentment so profound that it feels like it's wrapping its tentacles around you is... To, it's very difficult to not use language if you do say something that sound like this guy sucks and he shouldn't get these opportunities. But what the vibe should be is not, hey, he did this thing, that's my thing. It's just so you know, this thing is really important to me 
I really want to keep doing these things and I want to make sure I have more opportunity to do that in the future. Not I want to make sure he doesn't have the opportunity to do it, but I, it's important for me that these things still happen for me, right? Am I right, Natasha? You're right, honey, as always. Oh, thank you, dear. Are, I, are you not from the small town? I'm not. No. no. I, I, and I don't have a lot of uh, connections. No, that's it's uh, coming through so with clearly. Who I work with. You're from this. Are you from the city? Where Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um. Well, I did grow up in a small town, but my formative years were in Milwaukee, which I know is not. No, no. I'm just saying you you have the vibe of a person who has had the uh, experience of a city level of um. I mean, this is like a Christopher Guest movie almost. It's like you've got the vibe of a person who has the experience of big city art and life and actual culture coming into this tiny little town by a lake where they're manufacturing cheese instead of doing home ec. And you're like, you have this like bumpkin artist who like looked at a few TikToks and is like, I figured out spray paint as a medium. And now you're like, you know, you're like trying to peel your fucking skin off. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I was shown in Milwaukee, you know, and like the truth is like this dude is just a fucking bumpkin and you are you need to treat him as such and not let some fucking just spiky haired gelled guy that gets an untucked shirt from the uh sky mall when he flies on southwest to to get into your brain and occupy your head as the kids say living rent free in your head uh you just got to find a way out of this resentment to, to to be honest that's what's going on you resent the guy that's a personal problem and can't you just avoid him? Like, what? how often do you have to talk to him or deal with him? I don't talk to him very much, but every time that I do, he says, like, weird-ass shit. Like, that's part of why I can't stand him. And it was even before he started doing this, like, weird art shit. He... Do you know what he's doing right now? No. He's screwing a screw into a wood panel and loving life. He's fucking <laughs> free. He's cracking... He's no, he's he's, crack, he's, cr- he's cracking open a Mike's Hard Lemonade and eating a block of cheese and fucking looking at his art and thinking, fuck, I'm a genius. You think and he's like putting on Steely Dan? Yeah, he's out there. Hell yeah. He's in his he's in the he's in his garage with Steely Dan blasting. He's just cranking back a couple of um Mike's hard cranberries and he's oh just painting God. a painting and just having a good life. And you're on a podcast unable to stop talking about how much you fucking hate this guy. And the problem is even though he sucks, it, the problem is you. You're trapped in a resentment. You gotta get away through the resentment because it's going to fucking drive you nuts. And Break then, free, honey. Yeah, I mean, who's this guy? If he's that shitty, why are you thinking about him so much? You maybe he's got Riz, and maybe you're slightly in love with him. I'm joking. I know you hate the guys' guts. I think the truth is, you have. If I if you were in AA, and I spent many years in AA, I would say you just got resentment. That's all there is to this. This is so simple. You resent this guy. You got to get get a pen and paper. Write down every single thing that you hate about this guy. Find so, Write all of those things down. Call somebody. Call a therapist. Read out all, all of those things. And start, you know, saying when you get up in the morning, start wishing him well. And start start pray start praying for his happiness and his success in art because this kind of thing that you're in the middle of is like you know they say about resentment it's like drinking poison hoping the other guy will die like the only person that is suffering here is you he's fucking out there making Kenashosha's greatest masterpieces and having uh, the ladies in the lunchroom go oh he is he is he his art it is so special I can't do a Wisconsin accent the point is. You just got to get, you got to break free, get a, get a therapist, do some journaling, you know, work through it because you just hate this guy's guts and it's starting to become bigger than even him. He, he's like a monolith. Yeah. He sucks, but like, you're just bored. <laughs> maybe Milwaukee. It's true. That is true. Natasha. I am quite bored. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. Like what you're saying about this guy being a monolith, I'm not giving him that much credit. No, that's not the problem. It's more like he's kind of just taking away the only like thing that I have. That's so bullshit. Carly. My job. Bu- like, and so there, there is underlying stuff. Wait, you're saying about, like, you're saying because he is so awful, you can't enjoy your job, or because he's getting accolades for things you used to do, he's stealing that from you. Which yes. thing? Which thing are you saying? Second. That's bullshit. 
He isn't taking anything from you. He's not. Ta- that's that is a. F- I I I I don't often get this. He didn't her opportunity. No, he didn't. He created his own opportunity, even though it was an awful opportunity. He didn't take away your chance at being a great art teacher and being a great artist and doing your w- workshop thing. He didn't steal anything from you. He did a thing that that seems similar to to yours. Yeah, I'm not saying he's doing the ethical thing. What I'm saying is from a from a personal spiritual framework, the idea that someone else doing something removes something from me, I don't think I buy that. I think you still could do. Am I wrong that you could still do one of your classic? Uh, I mean, it's there. You're right. There is nothing stopping me from doing it. But it's like, I just, I don't know, something about like the way that he's praised for it. And because I've done it so often that I don't get the same like, I don't know. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, but praise is not finite. Appreciation is not finite. These are not limited resources. There is enough praise. There is enough accolades. There is enough ego stroking to go around. If you want to be recognized for doing good stuff, it is not by stopping someone else from doing something people are recognizing. It's by doing it yourself. And you just, I, I, I'm sorry to be so strong in my opinion here. I just so strongly feel that you are trapped in a resentment and you are in an illusion that he is robbing from you when people say he does good. There, it takes away from your good. You are good. And you can, and if you need to quit your job and start a new life and go to the big city and fucking escape maybe that's what you need to do but he is not his demise or success is not the reason that you are or are not happy or are or not enjoying your life that just i just don't buy it tough love over here from moshe kasher all right honey well listen we have other people who need to talk to us do you feel unresolved no do you think i'm wrong do you think i'm being overly harsh do you disagree no, I don't think you're being overly harsh. I think that you are probably telling me or that you're telling me stuff that I already knew, which is what you say about people who will always call in. Were you guys ever a thing? No. no. That's a hard oh, okay. no. Hard okay, no. Okay. okay, yeah. All I'm saying here is I'm not saying this is easy. This is like this is really hard. To be in close quarters with someone that actually makes your skin crawl and who you've created a narrative about that they are robbing you of your possible happiness and freedom and accolades, that is very difficult to get through. But the the solution is only within. There is no solution that involves shining a light on what a piece of shit he is. That's not. That's just never going to end well. You're going to look worse and your accolades are going to shrink. The more you rally, uh, rail against this guy and try to t- show everybody what a piece of shit he is, the shittier you will appear and the less yeah. shine you will get. There is no solution that involves taking him down. There's only a solution that involves building yourself up. Good God, I should do this for a living. Carly, we do have to go. You've been awesome. Okay, I wish you I'm luck. I'm sorry. No, like, don't be sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, deep down, I knew the answer. Like, but it was nice to like bounce ideas off. I honestly think ther- therapy wouldn't be a bad thing because you could. It sounds like you need to vent, and that is, I think, would be a good a good place to start. Oh, I'm in therapy. I think I just need to get out of here. <laughs> maybe it's time to move. Maybe you need to. Do- <laughs> I think it's time to move. Maybe what it is. maybe like Madison. Yeah, yeah, somewhere bigger. I mean, honestly, you've been there 13 years. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. They're hiring school, the public school teachers all over the country. Maybe, California. Maybe it is time to start thinking about like spreading your wings a little bit. Maybe that's what you're feeling. Yeah. I'm just getting it right now. Maybe this guy is a fucking blessing. Mm. Maybe this guy is an angel sent from the cheese gods above mm-hmm. to show you that you can't hack it here anymore. And mm-hmm. it's time for you to find a new experience in life. Get on up. Thank God for hey. him. Do you want a private art tutor? I'm really good at my job, believe it or not. It could help our Patreons because our child is um, painting. We got her in like a yeah, sweatshop over here. She's a savant yeah. painter, right? She's round the <laughs> clock churning them out. Uh, but honestly, uh, we do. Uh, our producer is saying we got we have another caller. But honestly, I do think sometimes the people in my life who have felt like the most poisonous, 
I look back on and I go, oh my God, thank God they were there because they were the thing. They were the catalyst that made me change. I couldn't stand them so hard mm-hmm. that I that they, they came at this r- exact moment to show me what I needed to not be doing anymore. And maybe that is the answer here. Maybe the answer is you just can't do this anymore. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck, Carly. All right. You've been thank awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yes. Resentment, resentment, resentment. It's a classic. Yeah, you start throwing in that AA speak, people don't know how to respond. <laughs> well, it's just so true. I mean, AA has a lot of problems to it, but when it comes to like calling you on that kind of thing, that kind of like, no, 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 someone else is the problem, it just has no quarter for it. And I I wonder if people disagree with me here. Oh, they say you're 100% the problem. Well, it's not that. It's like, it's that the solution is only through you. That even if someone else is the problem, that there is no solution that includes going to that person and getting them to change or going to that person or, you know, even worse, what Carly was suggesting, going to the people around that person and trying to show them what how bad that person is. That not, It doesn't mean you, you, you bend over and allow people to abuse you. You don't have to do that. You never have to do that. But when you're in a position... Where the problem is not necessarily the, the the inappropriate behavior of someone else, because yeah, you stand up for yourself in that case. But the problem is how much you hate that person. That the only way around that is to find a way through the resentment and not find a way to like further. Resentment is just poison. It's just it's just there's no no good comes of it. In my opinion, I wonder if other people disagree. Write us. Let us know. What do you think, Natasha? I was just trying to think if there was anyone I knew that you were resentful towards. I have resent. I constantly am resentful. Of course, and I'm jealous. I experienced professional jealousy and professional resentment and personal resentment. I have a lot of resentment, but I'm not willing to allow myself the illusion to think that no, no, this resentment is good and it's healthy and it serves me and it feeds me because I know it. I know where it leads. It just leads to increased anger in my life and it's a it's a it's a destructive and a corrosive force that is what i think hey tosh yeah mosh you and i are trapped in our relationship but it's springtime and the young people who are single they're out there trying to find love and you know what ruins love quickly hmm. stanking if you that st- is true if you stank like a hot dog or an old sponge you're not gonna find love And that's where Lumi comes in. Lumi is all over body deodorant, and they have scents like lavender sage, clean tangerine, which Moshe wears, and fresh alpine. And you'll smell better than ever everywhere. They also just launched new scents, including mint cucumber and soft powder. Mmm, sign me up. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi. I thought the vagina was to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. Oh, heck no. Lumi is a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. Try this. It is awesome, and the smells are great. I love the Alpine one. New customers will get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with the code HONEYMOON at lumideodorant.com. Why put deodorant only on like three parts of your body when you can put them on all of them? lumideodorant.com. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh? Um, you ever get like a medical issue and you're like, I'm probably fine, but I might be dying? Uh, no, but I know you, you feel like that often. I feel like that all the time. And as I'm getting older, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor early rather than late because I'm not trying to D-I-E. Well, might I suggest you check out ZocDoc. Checked it. Use it. Regular customer. ZocDoc makes everything so easy. I love going to ZocDoc. They have tons of people to choose from in your neighborhood. You can do a video visit you can go there you can read their reviews you can look at them make sure you like their vibe 
I mean, I did two awesome. video visits this month. <laughs> this month. They make it so easy. You can find tons of qualified doctors in your area. You can filter it by only available today, only available within your zip code. It makes everything so, so easy. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. I am not joking when I say I'm a regular user of this and I was a user before they became advertisers on here and I'm so excited to tell people to use it because it makes the whole experience of going to the doctor so much easier. I still use the doctors I've met on ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Go to ZocDoc.com honeymoon and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash honeymoon. ZocDoc dot com slash honeymoon. Okay, well. Let's hear some secrets. There's no resentments there. Hi, Natasha and Marsha. I have a very mild secret. Um, my parents have been telling me to watch Yellowstone for years, and I've had um, absolutely no interest in it until you guys started talking about you watching it, and I figured if it's good enough for Natasha, it's good enough for me. So I started watching it and obviously love it. Um, and now my parents are very excited that I watch the show, even though they think it's from their recommendation. Um, love you guys. Moshe, I am seeing you in at the Den in Chicago in June, and I'm very excited. Thanks for listening to my secret. Bye. That's a great secret. Yeah, but the thing that I don't like about it is that we're like her parents. You mean she thinks of us as like parent advi- level advice? Well, we're, we're better than her parents. She didn't watching, listen to them. We're watching what her parents are watching. You didn't know that about Yellowstone? Yellowstone is succession for old people that don't want challenging dialogue. I mean, it's a great show, but it's for Trump voters who... Why is it for Trump voters? I don't know. I they love it. it. They love it. You didn't know that, that they love it? Which is weird because Yellowstone actually... Well, there's always a rodeo, so I guess that would make sense. It actually is weird that that the that the con- more conservative people think it represents their values because it's actually... There's a lot of wokery go- that goes on in it, too. You know, all the Native rights stuff and... But anyway, Yellowstone's good. It's straight up. It's like a it's like a soap opera, but with a with some a lot of good violence and uh and fun plot lines. And we're on season five. Yeah, something unfortunate did happen in season five, where we looked at, at how many episodes there were, and it went from a ten episode a season series to I think twenty six. And it's like nobody nobody needs to talk about ranching that much. No, everything's really drawn out. Yeah, and I don't need to know that much about spotted cows. We're in season five, episode two, and if it stays like this, I don't know that we're going to finish. We might not make it through. That's too many more episodes of a slow-moving... Well, here's what happens. And I do want to see what happens at the end. What if we just go... Because remember like Love Island, you could just like watch the do first the recap. three and then do the recap <laughs> and then kind of get through them all? Well, here's what happens to our listeners who that maybe don't work in TV is you know a show like Yellowstone, it's on for a bunch of seasons, uh, 10 episodes, and it, they're all really fun. And then the network is like, this show's awesome. We're going to make a 26-episode order, so then everybody will watch it. And the writers and the producers are like, fuck yeah, that's like 26 episodes worth of money. But then they're like, damn, we got to write 26 episodes worth of stuff. So then they just start t- telling 10 episodes in 26 hours. They're just like, what if for one episode, Kevin Costner just rides a buffalo the entire time and he eats jerky? And that's what the episode's about. But we do have to watch when Matthew McConaughey takes over for Kevin Costner. That, I think, was just a rumor. Okay. But I could be wrong. All right, well, let's hear another secret. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Moshe. I'm fucking obsessed with you guys, and I have a secret to tell you. Uh, A few years back, I had a very drunken one-night stand with a coworker of mine, um, and we were being safe. We were using condoms, and I was kind of so drunk that I just, you know, fell asleep afterwards, and, uh, a few days later, I was on the toilet, and I was—I had a big poop, and I had to push really hard to get it out, and the condom kerplunked into the toilet. Oh, my God. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really glad I didn't get pregnant. Um, but, yeah, I was just 
harboring this used condom inside of me for days. I had no idea. Pretty gross. But, uh, yeah, I never told anybody about that but my roommate. Um, so, yeah, have a great day. Love you both. But my roommate who told 50 people. <laughs> Anytime anyone said something crazy. Oh, you mean Shauna? Yeah. <laughs> she straight up kerplunk. She had a kerplunk the other How day. How good that must have felt, though, to get it out. I mean, dude, the onomatopoeia of kerplunk in that secret was just really visceral. It really took you there. You know, you could kind of feel everything happening. The doo-doo falling, the condom plunking out. You know, the the hot, the, hot. the foolish condom, you know, with like aged semen. I mean, there was a lot happening and there was really, really disgusting. And I'm agree- agreeing that I'm glad she's glad she didn't get pregnant because there's no way that baby comes out good. It's like swimming in a condom full of spermicide for like three days and then it makes it like escapes. You think that would make a baby not be good? No, I'm kind of just being a, like a little silly Billy. Mm. Just a little mischief man, you know? Cute. Throwing these jokes out, you know, just like ramble them up, rambling them up. I tried to say a word and like 15 different words came out. You're so. doing great, honey. Thanks, um, my dear. Do we have any more secrets? Yeah, we're doing one more. Okay, let's hear it. Ramble them on them up. Hello. Got a secret for you. Um, So I'm like kind of new to masturbating and... I don't really watch porn. I find it distracting. I, ADD, I only really focus on one thing, which is my labia and clit or whatever. But anyways, so I try to think of something, and I really just think of hot girls I know. And I guess their boobs, their hair, their eyelashes, how much I love them. But I'm straight. I have a boyfriend. I've been in a relationship for, like, almost six years. Um, pretty sure I'm a little bi, but I've never really thought of exploring it. And I don't really think I am interested in doing that because like the feel of a penis, but the look of a hot girl. I don't know. Maybe I should get into trans women. Anyway, uh, gonna go jerk off to a hot girl. Bye. Top 10 signs that you are new to masturbating. You're really focused on your labia <laughs> and your clit or whatever. I mean, I'm like, that's new. That's new. I mean, right? Your labia? Does your labia have any? I don't really pay attention to my labia when I'm I don't masturbating. I think anybody does. But then again, you know what? People are people are different. People, we, we got people calling in the fucking podcast talking about emotional memories when they touch their belly button. So I'm, I guess it's possible that you could have a, labi- a labial orgasm. Um, lady, welcome to the fold. Welcome literally to the folds of your labia. Congratulations on masturbating and on discovering your latent bisexuality. It sounds hot to me. I do, not, um, do not diss your own mind's desires. All right. Well, you know, we've got someone waiting for us very close to where I'm from. And he's on the line. Let's Or talk. she's on the line. We don't know. This is one or of she. The- this is one of those names. Let's talk to Sam in Urbana, Illinois. This is a fucking nail biter. This is where my mom went to college. Champaign, Urbana? Mm. Mm-hmm. U of I. I went to ISU in Bloomington Normal. Oh, gosh. You're tuned in to Illinois Talk, where, where <laughs> we discuss the various geographical features of Illinois. Sam. Ooh, it's a boy. It's a boy. We didn't know. Tricked, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we thought, she thought, but then I corrected her because Natasha's a bit uh, cis-normative, and, uh, but <laughs> yeah, she was right. I've learned. In the, in the end, she was right. What's up, Sam? Well, my wife and I have been trying to get pregnant for over two years. About a year ago, we found out that it's my problem, but we haven't found out why. Up until last week. So this whole time we've been going through tests, getting uh, nut samples as they as the official terminology goes. Mm-hmm. And um, a whole year of this fruitless busting before we actually figured out even that it was my problem. And now finally we know two years in what the deal is. Um, so I see this doctor, quick examination. 
easy for him to diagnose. Turns out it's the first hit on Google. So this whole time, it was actually very uh, easy explanation. Basically, I have grandma veins leading to my testicles instead of regular veins. And these are uh, reversible with surgery. So this kind of brings up the conundrum. What's a grandma vein? You mean it's just like old and the, the little spermies aren't yeah. getting through them? Oh, it's just like a thin old nasty ass varicose mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. I got it. They're got like you. those gangly lumpy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah if you ever see, if you've ever seen a, uh, maybe not everybody's grandma, but my grandma's ankles. What? Uh, I've seen yeah. my, my grandma's testicles and they sound very similar to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the problem. I have a grandma's scrotum. Got actually. it. Okay. Okay. So what's the yeah. what's the question? So um, in the meantime of all this going through testing, we started IVF and we've been super lucky and we got pregnant on the first try and we got so lucky that we have four extra frozen embryos. Cool. And um, the conundrum is basically what do we do with those extras if in the best case scenario we don't have to do IVF again because um, the options are basically... Do you donate them or do you um, dispose of them, as mm -hmm. they say? Do you, so, do you have a kid yet? No, she's pregnant. So you're like calling to see what you, to do with the leftover eggs? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> Natasha used to do a great show with um, uh, called Rat in the Kitchen with an amazing chef named Chef Ludo, Ludo Lefebvre. And you're, I think, missing out on option four. Or, you know, you said you could, <laughs> which is he used to make this really special omelet mm. uh, with white pepper and a, so a chevre good. cheese or whatever. It, uh, the black pepper. Black pepper. Oh, it was really white pepper. You put white pepper in it, but it's the, it's the cracked pepper oh, yeah. bor borsin cheese. Oh, oh, that sounds so good. So what I'm suggesting is there's a fourth option, which is a little bit of a of a human omelet, like a little a nice yeah. a nice embryo. An embryo snack, a little bit of antipasti. So what do you want? What What is the ethical dilemma you're experiencing? The problem is it feels it feels like a it's kind of heartbreaking to get rid of one when you when you can imagine, like, as we've seen in ultrasounds, what one can become. Uh, also, I've been it's been suggested to me that there's a need for embryos. I don't know exactly what the embryo market looks like, but there's like some sort of a demand where people accept them as donations. Mm. On the Silk um, Road, you could sell one for I would probably two like a point two Bitcoin. That's true. Maybe we should get a hold of these frozen embryos and, and put them in our freezer. What do you think, Natasha? Well, I think first things first, I think you should wait until you have a kid. And I think that you should wait and see if you feel like you might want to have another kid mm -hmm. and you might have to pay to have them stay there. And um, I, I just, it doesn't really seem like a decision to make now. Yeah. I agree completely. Like you, you, this need for donation will 100% be there five years from now. And it is very likely, it is not it's very possible, I should say, that in three years after having congratulations, by the way, on getting pregnant. That's awesome and exciting and so Thank cool. You. And there's, it's very possible that three. I would, my guess is, three to five years after you have your child, you are going to know that you want another one, or know that you do not want another one, and that is the time to make this decision, right? Yeah, just seems obvious. So, but the thing is, um, if we. If I get this this surgery that reverses the grandma veins, then we won't need to do IVF. So we could do it naturally. So we wouldn't need these frozen embryos. Um, and so. But what what is the? Oh wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, so so the doctors are trying to make you do it right now, even though you have these grandma veins. <laughs> they're not trying to make me do it. Um, oh, but I, but they're telling you to not use these four embryos. They're advising on that, right? We haven't been advised one way or the other. I think that you're right that we should wait to um, to do anything until we know that it works out with this with this one, because we might have to go into the backup chamber. But until I get the surgery, IVF is the only option. I, get, I, I, don't, get the surgery, I don't think you need a surgery. You have four embryos. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. What? That's right. Part. But we wouldn't have to do IVF again. Like, like Natasha, you froze your eggs, right? Hold on. Why would you have to do IVF? Ever again, no matter what, since you have three hot, fat, non-gramulated 
embryos that are fertilized sitting in a freezer, a deep freeze somewhere. What what is what why would you have to either do surgery or do IVF ever again? Are we missing a part of this story? Yeah, because you, you have to do the egg retrieval and they automate the 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 process to make everything come out right. They also have to do that on the second part where they um basically completely control the processes inside the woman's body so that she will accept the the embryo. So it's it's ten weeks of progesterone shots. Oh no Matt oh you have to you have to do the shots to take the embryo as well as to try to get another egg out. So we don't have to get another egg out. The embryos are there and that's that bypasses that process. I I think I understand that. But they have to do um, the the embryo transfer, so we'd have to drive two hours each way to go do that. Not the biggest deal, but then it's daily, uh, big painful butt shots. Yeah, um, I, I remember. It would be nice to avoid that. I can't get into all the details of what your particular situation is, but I will tell you one big piece of advice is that they the doctors will try to make you keep doing whatever dumb thing that they're suggesting, like <laughs> IUI or like you know we'll squirt with a baster when he's at the you know, uh, improv in, you know, Boston or wherever he's doing his shows. And then, you know, then it still doesn't happen. They kept telling us like, oh, that's your, you know, that's your savings account. Don't go into those. Don't go into those embryo. Keep spending money doing it this way. This is your last chance. You're almost 40 now. So you should definitely like try to do this. Meanwhile, I should have just like used the ones from that I froze from when I was 37, but I just, they kind of talked me into spending all this money, this other way to try to jumpstart my ovaries presently and use that for a backup. So that's that's just the general advice. But so, okay, I think I understand now. I was a little confused about the choreography of this. You have two options ahead of you. She's pregnant currently with an IVF embryo, um, which is an abomination before God that, uh, because it's supposed to be done in the traditional style of doggy. But that you didn't go that way. She's pregnant right now. You have three embryos on in the deep freeze. And for the future children that you may have, the option is either for you to do a procedure, uh, which is a, a surgery that will then allow you theoretically to have children naturally, or for her to have to suffer through the progesterone shots and go through the procedure of once again using one of these embryos. So it's like, who will suffer now is kind, is kind of the uh, the... Uh, the difficulty and how, like, what is the thing to be done with the embryo? Should you decide to make your grandma veins young, supple, and hot again to uh, to to eject a hot load? I think I understand. Um, and I, I, it's more the se- it's more the second half because I definitely would want to do the surgery, and and she would support that too. And the surgery doesn't seem risky, so it's more of the the other dilemma of like the uh donation or yeah destruction well once again i think do the surgery start busting those nuts you know (laughs) and find you may find how old are you and how old is she 28 and 29 yeah so you'll probably be fine but you may find that other complicated you know i have a a truck i've got my uh my 2004 chevy 2500 hd with a camper it's my baby. I care about it more than I care about my wife and daughter. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I had to get it smogged the other day because of a weird snafu at the DMV. And I took it to the smog guy. And the smog guy said, yeah, you got your check engine light on. And that's an automatic fail. But I see what the problem is. It's this. And then he said, but here's the thing. Sometimes when you fix the problem, other problems that the smog check light did wasn't registering because the main problem was there, they, they pop up. So I did a $800 repair and I got my car back and the fucking check engine light was still fucking on. And he was like, yep, just like I thought. There's all kinds of other problems. And then I had to do a weird thing that was illegal that I won't tell you about to get my car registered again. But the point of it all is you just never know. So the like you could get the grandma veins um, degrammed, and then you still don't get pregnant for whatever reason. And then you go, "Damn, I donated all these embryos. What were we thinking? Because I thought I could bust these fat nuts, and I'm still just dribbling drops." So you might, I would say, still, even though your situation is a little more complicated, it's still a decision to make two, three years from now. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, the conservative approach seems uh better than uh 
making any decisions right now. But also, like I said, I mean, there's always going to be a need. So this decision will not be less acute in three years. There will be people that will go, please give me those eggs. I want those hot eggs. I want to have my son someday have grandma nuts. Um, or or, <laughs> or you, you can donate them to science or you can destroy them. You know, that'll always, you can always make push that decision. All you paid for was three and a half years of deep freeze. All right, well, good luck. What, what do you guys think of the of the ethics of donating though and having to face the future uh this future kid like my that was my instinct was oh i'd rather donate have somebody else who maybe can't have make an embryo have these kids um but then my wife's instinct was it would be complicated and probably difficult to face these kids if they feel any sort of rejection um and in the you know it's very easy to find out if you're an adopted kid once you turn 18 who who the parents are Oh, you and think so that they're going to come, they're going to come, these kids are going to come being like, why'd you, why'd you give my sperm away, <laughs> bitch? It wasn't my, it wasn't my instinct, but that's what my wife thought, yeah. Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. I mean, I just always default to having struggled with fertility ourselves. I just always default to like, listen, there are too many people in the world, I think. We can all agree on that, but they're also going to not stop coming. So like the, the difficulty that we had getting pregnant and you, you know, that all too well, grandma nuts, like (laughs) that, that if you could give that gift to somebody, that seems, that seems like a better choice than destruct egg destruction. And you could also like have a little edict. Like I I would really like to find someone who believes in blank or, you know, it's maybe there's uh a, a vegetarian community or a trans community or some community that you want to like help out i i don't know that you would like to post i've heard people doing this because i've heard about them on, on right on facebook or whatever like i know that there's people who are looking for like someone who wants to raise the kid jewish but they have these embryos or maybe you, know? you go hardcore in the other direction you know it's like hardcore like whites only if you believe that january 6 was an insurrection uh these eggs are not for you but if you but think about it think about where what you want to do but i think it's totally cool and i think it's like it, it, it's a gift right it's like it's a gift and if that kid i mean yeah would it be complicated to be a kid who realizes his parents aren't his parents and then has somebody in champagne urbana uh just with grandma nuts and they have to go confront them at the door would that be hard yeah but i mean it beats the alternative which is never existing to be honest <laughs> I, I though think. I'm, I'm to be honest though i'm kind of with your wife now i'm like you know what i don't want any weirdos coming to my door in like 14 years i mean it's hard good. it's funny it the, has to be anonymous Oh, but no, but it, that doesn't work anymore. Remember, you said Why? you told me that because Twenty Three and Me made all that anonymous stuff go away. You'll be able to find the people. They'll they'll be able to find you too. Yeah, I would just toss them in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you got a kind of spectrum of answers here, I guess. I think I'd do it. You know what you could do? How about this? Um, go, go to like Luxembourg. Like only only in really really rich nations will you donate. And so the odds of that person showing up and going like, hello, I am investment banker. I put all money in Swiss account and I now I want the five billion. And then you'll you're then you'll be like, son, and then you can welcome them in. That could be fun. <laughs> it is a weird idea okay. giving away an egg that's fully, fully fertile. I mean, I understand why it's weird because you're not giving an egg away. You're giving like your biological full kit. It's like it's more mm-hmm. like giving a kid up for adoption in a weird way. But but yeah, why that's how I was thinking of it, yeah. Why yeah. can't it be anonymous? Because they can find you through 23andMe. Eventually they'll look up their thing and it'll be able to triangulate who they're related to. How will they know the person from 23andMe yes. can find an actual person? Yes. Yeah, because it goes, oh, you have a third cousin in blah, blah, blah. And then you're related to this person. Then your dad is this guy, this old grandma nuts in, in Urbana. Yeah, or you can go to grandmanuts.com and they've got us all mapped. Well, it's just you. That's your website. That's just you spread eagle, right? Pointing at your scrotum. (laughs) All right. Well, that's really hard. I think it's something to definitely meditate about and just think about it as a as a way to try to do good or try to help and someone. I mean, I personally have people very close to me who are looking for eggs and embryos. So, you know, I know that it's a very powerful, potent thing and you know, not to be treated lightly. And I think just, just think on it. What do you and your wife do for work? 
I'm a planner for the Forest Preserve District, okay. and she is a social worker at a school. So good people. High IQs? Very. Okay. I mean, this is feeling like you might want to give these away, dude. I don't think you should keep this from the world. I mean, this is, I, this is a difficult decision, but I think the way to think of it in three years when you make this decision is... Uh, is is giving is a gift uh, you know i'm giving this gift uh, of my of my child my embryo to the universe to somebody that wants to love you know like wants to love this kid like that either doesn't exist or gets to experience that love i mean is it perfect no that person might show up and be like my life sucks dad fuck you and you'll be like don't <laughs> fucking call me dad i'm not your dad you'll be like i'll only call you dad but I, I haven't heard of anyone I know of getting a fully formed embryo. That is interesting. Put inside them. Usually people are looking for a sperm to go with their embryo or, I mean, to go with their egg or looking for an egg to go with someone they know. Right. They know sperm. So that's a new one. To I could me. see it. There could be a there could be a lesbian couple out there that, you know, neither of them are. Have, both of them have fertility issues, but they've got uh, what we call an A plus womb. And so you pop that bad boy in there and you got yourself a little planner social worker, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck out there. Uh, and congratulations on an exciting uh, future. Your life is about to change. Yeah. See how you like having the baby. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if this is such a big fucking dilemma, just deal with the progesterone shots, drive the two hours and have those kids instead of your nut kids. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, There's that is an option. Options. That is an option. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. All right. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you guys. Okay. Really appreciate the advice. And sorry, it was confusing. I, I was sleeping until about 10 minutes. Oh, we'll go back to bed. So. Sorry. We had a lot of important calls. <laughs> yeah. You better save up on it's your sleep and so your sleep now. Cause it's about to go. Bye bye. Yeah. That's what I've been told. All right. Well, good thank luck. You guys. Yeah. Really good luck out there. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Oh, that's sweet. He was the, cute. The foray into a new family with incredible medical intervention. Good for them. Good for us. We're, we only have a child because of medical intervention. I know. That's I mean, we would just amazing. be straight up not having a lot of intros for this podcast if we, if not for the advent of medical fertility technology. So if if this were like the fifties, I wouldn't have been able to have my kid. Nah, you ain't having no kid. Uh, uh-uh, we would have had to kidnap somebody. We'd have had to like buy a Cadillac, drive to a playground, and look for a lonely kid. So because of advances in technology type situation like i'm able to have a child yes honey so i shouldn't be such a luddite oh that's so true i never thought of that yeah it's all one thing technology is all one thing i mean that is to say progress the progression within technology isn't just limited to the internet it's all things moving forward and you can't have one without the other natasha that was a profound realization all right well listen um this has been great. It's been great for me as well. Uh, I'm going to go read my book. Okay. And uh, Art of the Deal? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go watch another uh, film from 1993. Last night I watched Harrison Ford's The Fugitive, and it was a WAP. What's a WAP, honey? A wonderful last picture. Oh, my God. Good night, and I love you. Love you, too.